0: Hey, and welcome to Walking on the Wild Side, a podcast dedicated to exploring the natural resources of the Southeast and hopefully instilling in you, our listener, a curiosity about our flora and fauna and fostering a sense of appreciation for the beauty and diversity of our natural resources. As always, I'm joined by my wife and co-host Gabrielle, who is on her way to becoming quite the naturalist herself.
1: Hey y'all and welcome back to Walking on the Wild Side. Hey, it's
0: time for another episode and we are Walking on the Wild Side, right?
1: We are. Yeah. We're walking on the wild side out here with our hummingbirds. Yeah. We've got a few left.
0: Yeah, they're so starting to kind of thin out a little bit, yeah, aren't they? Yeah. yeah,
1: You'll probably hear them tittering in the background.
0: <laughs> or buzzing or <laughs> yeah. flybys as they go by. We're also probably hearing a few uh, crows in the background, too. Yeah,
1: you know? yeah. They're always sure kind
0: of hanging out. There. It's that time of year where they're starting to actually kind of um, flock together and starting to kind of roost together in preparation for like migration and stuff like that. Yeah.
1: So it's kind of the season.
0: It is. So we just got back from a road trip. And, you know, always when we're on a road trip, especially when we're heading toward the mountains and stuff like that, we're always looking uh, at the hills and and everything along the side of the roads because we're always looking for one of your favorite critters. Yeah, they're so cute. Yeah, what are we always looking for?
1: Groundhogs. Groundhogs
0: are your favorite word for them? Whistle
1: pigs. Whistle
0: pigs, yeah. So, you know, we saw a couple. We thought it'd be a great episode to do on whistle pigs. So, you know, we decided to talk about them because I don't think a lot of people know. That much about groundhogs. I think probably a lot of people know them from digging the holes, especially if they got them in right. a yard. Farmers right. probably you know cuss at them a little bit because they dig those holes, but they are prolific diggers. But they are amazing, amazing critters, and I love those guys. That that one yeah. that we saw, if you remember, his belly looked almost orange <laughs> red because he was digging in red clay, sure which was. we have here in the Piedmont. So he looked almost reddish. But uh, but they're so cute when they stand up and and uh, and run around. They're, they're they're actually, they look slow, but they're actually faster than they look. What, what is a groundhog? Have you ever thought about, like, what what are they related to? What, what are they?
1: I've never really thought about that. Yeah. Well, can, can you
0: believe they're actually related to squirrels? What? Yeah, they're actually rodents. Okay. All right. But they're related to squirrels. More uh, more specifically, they're related to the ground squirrels, which are kind of the marmots. You know, you've heard people talk about marmots and, of course, the famous clothing brand. For outdoor clothing is marmot, all after those guys. Those are those rodents that you see mostly in rocky and mountainous er uh, areas. But the groundhog is the uh, eastern and northeastern and and northwestern United States marmot.
1: Well, they're all over the place. Well, they are.
0: We see them here. We don't see them. I grew up in in West Columbia. We don't see them in West Columbia too much. But, boy, when we used to ride up to the mountains, smoke mine up in the Great Smoky Mountains, we'd see them up there, and I used to try and photograph them. Uh, we went up to the Okono Lefty Village to look at the elk, and Lord, the the oh. groundhogs put on a show that day, didn't they? Yeah, man, they were popping yeah. in and out. That's where the word whack-a-mole comes from. Like, the game, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, that's what
1: it looks like. Uh,
0: they were popping in and out, but yeah, they're a they're a large marmot, and uh, and so they have incisors, and they've got digging claws, and and they're a pretty cool animal. They're vegetarians. Okay. Okay. And uh and that and sometimes they will eat insects and and very rarely will they eat like uh eggs or like like small birds or something like that. But mostly they're eating vegetables, you know, and they're eating grasses and they eat uh they can they can almost eat their body weight a day. Wow. I mean they chow down, they they flat eat. But they have to prepare for wintertime because guess what about these guys that most people don't realize?
1: Let me guess. I bet they hibernate. They
0: do. They're actually a true hibernator, where most of the other ones kind of do a behavior, almost go into like a torpor or an estivation, or in Mm -hmm. case of reptiles, they brumate, which is just a period of inactivity. These guys actually do hibernate. We'll talk about that in a little bit. So if you're not familiar with groundhogs, they're a medium-sized mammal. They're kind of short and squatty. They've got cool names. Some people call them groundhogs. Some people call them woodchucks.
1: Yeah, right. and what's the old woodchuck ch- wood hard cider?
0: Yeah, and uh, how much wood could a woodchuck chuck if a woodchuck wood could chuck wood? Right, uh, very good. Thank you very wow. much. Wow, were been, you practicing I that? Was, I was in the closet. Okay, pricing. yeah. Uh, so you know, a lot of people think uh, that word comes from something else. It's actually, I think, it's an Algonquin word, which basically uh, "wuchak," w c h a k. That's where woodchuck came from. Okay. Whistle pig is your favorite because yeah. they'll stand up and when they see any predators in the area, they'll give a high-pitched whistle. Yeah. Like uh, to to scare it, to let all the others know there's a predator in the area. Uh, land beaver is another one. And I remember working with Erin. You know, uh, she took care of all of our animals and stuff, including our groundhog. Hi, Erin. And uh, she, <laughs> she liked mouse bear. That was her mouse favorite name. Bear. Yeah, so they called them, you know, mouse <laughs> bears because when they stood up, they looked just like a bear sitting down. But a little bit. Yeah, so so cool names for those guys. I've always known them as groundhogs. Um, you know, and I love the the whistle pig. In fact, uh, there's a bourbon, a rye bourbon out there called whistle pig.
1: Yeah. So how many people would have thought that whistle pig bourbon? Was named after after groundhog, yeah. Well, and,
0: and and what was it? Uh, the woodchuck cider. Your your mom called oh, it groundhog she, cider.
1: She called it groundhog. <laughs> yeah. Well, people
0: are uh, fascinated with these guys, especially when you watch them popping around and stuff. I remember going camping when I was a little kid, and uh, and I had a, a instamatic, a one ten instamatic camera.
1: Oh, fancy! That was, that was when
0: I was trying to be a photographer with a little tiny little camera that had no focus, had no lens. It was just basically <laughs> snap, and I snapped pictures of groundhogs trying to get good and close to them so i could see them because they were just they were just fascinating to me so the groundhog is a marmot and his scientific mm-hmm. name is marmota monax you know that's kind <laughs> that's of a, mo- <laughs> momax, that's a lot to say right there sure but uh, but they like i said they are a mammal they are a rodent they are in the skyuris family which is related to the squirrels and uh, and we we know them as groundhogs and farmers know them these guys dig tunnels they are prolific diggers and they will dig tunnels i mean they don't dig just one tunnel they can dig tunnels 80 feet long wow multiple entrances escape holes and little chambers off to the side including a bathroom what and food storage and stuff like that they're they're amazing but they have been known to dig underneath crops and literally pull them into the tunnel Ah. so if you you remember seeing cartoons and stuff where all the carrots (laughs) disappear yeah that's true They'll actually pull them things down through the ground. And you can just imagine a farmer That's going funny. out there and see it. I always think of, even though it wasn't a groundhog, uh, it was a gopher, I always think of Caddyshack. You know, and you <laughs> see all those yeah. t- tunneling uh, tunneling little bit yeah. on there and stuff. But, but yeah, they will. They, and they eat a ton of food, uh, a lot of grasses in the wild and stuff, but they will kind of get into a farm, and they'll feed on root vegetables and stuff like that and pull them straight down into the ground. But they've got to store all this food, and they, they pack on. Quite a few pounds. I think their average size is somewhere between 8 to 12 pounds, but they can get up to be about 14 or 15 pounds.
1: They're really pulley little things.
0: Right before hibernation. So it's funny. They only lose about a fourth of their body weight when they hibernate. A lot of animals lose a lot, but it's because they, they shut down their metabolism. And so yeah, I think one of the fascinating things about it, and we've already talked about it a little bit, but I want to get into a little more details, is yes, they are true hibernators. You know, a lot of things like that, they actually just, they they don't actually hibernate. But this is one of the ones when people say, oh, bears do this and chipmunks, uh, these are the ones that actually hibernate. I mean, they, they will go three, almost four months just completely sleeping away the winter.
1: Wow, so that's why we don't see them that time of year. Well, they're
0: hiding out in the holes, yeah, and they're sleeping. and, And it's crazy because their body temperature, I mean, it's normally around ours, like 98, 99 degrees. Yeah. Their body temperature drops as low as 37. Oof. I mean, now humans. Granted, wow. What happens to us? I mean, we, we go into hypothermia when our we, right. When we drop like just three degrees, we'll go into hypothermia. I mean, we'll lose consciousness if our if our body temperature drops into eighties. And man, if we get below seventy, we're we're done for. These guys can drop their body that's temperature incredible. all the way down. Well, you think that's amazing? Their heart beats eighty beats a minute,
1: mm-hmm.
0: drops down to five. Wow. And they normally breathe around sixteen breaths a minute. Right. Maybe two times a minute. Wow. So that's why they can survive um, with the food they eat and their body doesn't metabolize all that food because the metabolism slows down that they don't use it up so they can they can survive through that winter.
1: Very cool. Now,
0: granted, they can forage if they need to, you know, down the road and stuff, but they normally right. don't. Um, you know, so they're, they're pretty fascinating little guys. And, of course, yeah. that whole hibernating thing is what kind of leads to them, you know, becoming the groundhog day prognosticator oh, of weather yes. and we'll talk about the actual biology behind that because it is truly you know kind of an interesting thing but i just think it's fascinating that they they can go 150 <laughs> days without eating
1: that's you know? crazy
0: and and they may like we said earlier they eat a bunch they may in one sitting they can eat i mean about like a pound of grass that would be like a 150 pound dude packing in a 15 pound steak
1: oh. right I guess that's why every time we see them on the side of the road, they're always eating. Yeah, they, they <laughs> are little... They are always they're eating. Little... So how do they
0: eat? So, you know, they, uh, they've got incisors, you know, so they can cut the grass off and chew the grass, right? Mm-hmm. So they've got these incisors. They've got both top and bottom incisors. Yeah. And they meet precisely to the point where when they chew, it grinds down their teeth. Because their teeth, huh. believe it or not, they can, their teeth can actually grow God, something around the lines of about a sixteenth of an inch per week. Oh, wow. So they grow fast. So they, ha- they have to chew. They have to gnaw to keep their incisors wore down. Sometimes, unfortunately, now they, they will have like a, a little bit of a problem with their teeth and they don't line up. And the teeth uh-huh. will continue to grow and actually can grow Ooh. up under and keep them from eating. And, of course, they die. Well, um, but their sad. teeth grow continuously throughout their lifetime. So, you know, when they miss it, it they some of them look like they have almost like tusk, you know, and, and, and it's because of the, the continual growth. And beavers are the same way. A lot of animals are the same way. And that's why a lot of rats and mice and things always have to gnaw on things like that. So
1: Could you imagine?
0: No, I couldn't imagine that. That's incredible. <laughs> yeah. So what, what do you think a predator of a groundhog would be? What are their predators?
1: Hmm. Groundhog predator, other than humans...
0: Yeah, humans used to shoot them and eat them. Absolutely. In fact, they used to hunt them. There was groundhog uh, groundhog hunting clubs up in the Northeast and stuff, and we'll kind of talk about that in a little bit too.
1: Okay.
0: What do you think? You think a coyote would eat one? Wow. Yeah they're they're buzzing Our hummingbirds quite Hummingbirds are yeah. very active at <laughs> So you think a coyote? Yeah? I
1: don't. Yeah, probably.
0: Yeah, a coyote would eat them. Foxes love them. Really. Especially smaller ones, right? The little little baby groundhogs and stuff like that.
1: Okay.
0: Bobcats. Of course, you know my the bane of my existence, feral cats,
1: Um, but also
0: owls, hawks.
1: I was gonna say owls. Yeah,
0: they they'll they'll take them as well.
1: But then, so the reason I didn't say owls is because usually when I see groundhogs, it's during the day. Do they are they out at night? Well, they're they're not. They're not crepuscular. crepuscular. Yes, so they'll see early, early
0: or late. You know, and a lot of times too, um, uh, as the day length gets shorter. Uh-huh. Right. The owls have to increase their hunting time, of course, and they'll come out, you know, during those crepuscular hours, oh, like you say. Okay. And the groundhogs will be active as well at that point. But, yeah, birds of prey, you know, coyotes, foxes. Um, and it's, some, it's amazing that they would take something like that. But a groundhog, as he eats so much food toward the fall, yeah. he, he can't outrun. Uh, A a coyote, I mean, my gosh, I think they can run maybe 8 miles an hour, and a fox can run 15, 20 miles an hour even faster when they need to. Uh, So they can't outrun them. So that's why they have the tunnels. So they can pop into one tunnel, and then they could escape out of an escape hole, or they can go into another, you know, because they split off and everything. It's quite a, a maze of tunnels underneath the ground. So that's why they have tunnels, so they can dart back but there's where that whistle pig comes in yeah you remember seeing at okona lefty village that big huge meadow out there and there were bunches and yeah. bunches of groundhogs out there yeah. if you noticed a lot of them were just feeding and going about their daily business but every once in a while you saw that one sentinel he was just standing up on his hind yeah. legs, looking he was the guard he was the whistle he pig. was the lookout he would blow the whistle and it's a real loud pit. and when they hear it Boom! They go,
1: kind of like my mom when I was little, and it was time to come home. Yes, or or, or <laughs> when was...
0: when they said your middle name, right? yeah. You knew you better get you better get yeah. in the house. Um, the other cool thing too is if they can't outrun them and they get cornered, uh, a groundhog is pretty formidable. Uh, they've been known to back down a coyote. They've been known really? to back down a you know a, a fox or anything like wow. that they'll lift their tail up, they'll arch their back. And they've got those. I mean, if, if they can dig that, that, those tunnels. Now, those tunnels, uh, to dig one tunnel, they've known to be able to move like 700 pounds of dirt. Jeez. I mean, so they've got strong claws and strong arms to dig. So, yeah, so if they turn them on there, you imagine a, a fox sticking his little sensitive nose in there and him, him scratching on that thing with yeah. those claws. Or those incisors biting Yeesh. so yeah they can be formidable if they need to be but they would rather take off and dive into the hole sure you know that that's really the best thing for them to do and that's probably the safest thing for them to do because right you know when it comes down to it really i mean if an animal's really really truly hungry they're they're not going to give up so you know, easily right you know so yeah so they have those they had little baby groundhogs you know they mate we'll talk about the mating here in just a little bit but in the spring they mate and, uh, and they can give birth to as many as nine to ten little groundhogs, which wow. are called cubs or kits. And um, But normally it's, the last, it's probably around three to five. We've okay. seen as many as five running around out in the fields and stuff like that. And the little babies actually will leave pretty quickly. Usually it's about four to six weeks, I think. Maybe I'm wrong on that, but I think it's about four to six weeks they leave because uh, a male groundhog, um, basically will overlap his territories with two or three females. So they are polygamous. They're not, you know, monogamous. They won't find one groundhog and they'll mate for life. He has multiples, and he, he guards them too, so he not only mates with them, but he also kind of protects well, like a, nice a, two or him. three of them, you know, as well as friends with benefits, right? That kind of thing. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, what, what are, you got any other questions about groundhogs before we get into kind of like the whole uh, groundhog day stuff that's just so fascinating?
1: No, let's talk no. about that. I think that's interesting.
0: So uh, the the tradition itself,
1: mm-hmm.
0: Candlemas, moss, you ever heard of that? That uh, I don't know oh. if it's really a holiday, but Candlemas was yeah. when all the churches gave out candles to the families uh, for wintertime, right? Yeah. Well, they expanded that tradition in Germany, and they basically had hedgehogs or badgers. Um, they wanted to see if they would see their shadow. Right, That's where the whole thing was. If they saw their shadow and ran back in the hole, then there would be six more weeks of winter. That's kind of where that all comes from. Candemas is kind of an extension, uh, Groundhog Day's extension of Okay, Okay. So when they came to Pennsylvania, the the Germans immigrated to Pennsylvania. Of course, there were no hedgehogs up there, not really a lot of badgers. So they kind of transferred that whole tradition over to uh, a local critter. And the one that looked the most like them was, of course... A groundhog.
1: groundhog, of course. And now
0: here's a funny thing. So how in the world, wintertime, what in the world's going on? You know, he doesn't come out and look and see if he sees a shadow and runs back and thinks it's going to be more winter. What is the biology behind that? And it's pretty fascinating. So these guys, hey, they have their territory and they have the females in their territory. Mm-hmm. They'll come out, males come out first before the females. And the male will come out and he'll prowl around and he'll find the dens of the females and he'll go in there with them. Right?
1: Wow, that's presumptuous. Well, they just, they'll get acquainted.
0: <laughs> yeah, They'll get acquainted with each other. They won't mate. He just goes in there and spends maybe one or two days in there. And then he'll come out and go to the other one, come out and go to the other one. And then he's got a good feel for where all the females are in his territory. Then in the spring, he can go back and he can mate.
1: Well, isn't he a smart little booger? He is
0: a smart little booger. They translated that into him coming out to see his shadow.
1: Uh-huh. so
0: he'll come out and the idea behind it is of course if he sees a shadow it's gonna be six, six more weeks, more weeks, of, weeks
1: winter. of winter yeah
0: so from that biology so we've got the biology of the groundhogs yeah we got these germans in pennsylvania right they're observing these groundhogs coming out in february <laughs> right so basically they transferred that that whole tradition and february 2nd 1887 Pretty much the first Groundhog Day,
1: eighteen eighty-seven. Yeah, wow. So there
0: was a meteorologist, right? <laughs> a rodent meteorologist. No. At Gobbler's Knob. No. In Puxetowny, Pennsylvania. Okay, and we know the tradition, right? So, yeah. again, it goes back to Candlemas, right? And they give them out. Well, it's it's kind of kind of amazing that this groundhog, they. Named him who? What's his name?
1: Punxsutawney Phil.
0: Puxatony Phil. So this newspaper editor, basically he belonged. Remember we talked earlier about people used to hunt him? Yeah. He was in a group that were, were groundhog hunters. Okay. And it was called the Punxsutawney Groundhog Club. And at that point in 1887, he was a newspaper editor. He basically claimed Punxsutawney Phil was the groundhog.
1: The groundhog. The
0: groundhog. America's only true weather groundhog.
1: Wow. That was his deal.
0: And, of course, there's been... It's not the same Pox Tawny Phil. No. Right? It's been unknown. Clearly. Of, yeah, because they, they only live to be about, I think, in the wild, three to eight years, maybe a little bit longer in the, in captivity. So, every year, thousands of people gather on Gobbler's Knob to walk, to watch Pox Tony Phil. And he is the most famous there. Yeah. I pomp and circumstance. We're talking about, like, a three-day uh, festival that they have, and people come in and enjoy all this stuff. But that's not the only prognosticating groundhog. So what would you think of these names? Uh, Birmingham Bill? No. Staten Island Chuck?
1: No.
0: No. Uh, no. Shibba oh,
1: Sam? Could bless you. Yeah, I know. Well, that's, <laughs> I think I'm
0: pronouncing that correct. I'm not quite sure. So so those are all, of course, Charlotte even has Queen Charlotte. Yeah. Right, for predicting the, the weather and stuff. But so you think about it, they'll grab this groundhog and they'll pick him up and declare him, you know, somebody will judge that he's seen his shadow or not. And they'll pick them up and make their declaration of whether we're going to have six more weeks of winter. Now, they've been doing this for over 100 years, obviously, right? right? going back yep. to 1887. You know there's got to be controversy, right?
1: Well, of course.
0: So so there's a little Canadian town, Wyerton. Um, Wyerton Willie was the prognosticator. Well, now that's cute. Well, you want to add some more cuteness to it? He's sure. A, he's now buying a groundhog. <laughs> right so we got this white groundhog and it was funny because they were talking about well we have a couple of them because obviously they're rare to see an albino she goes one of the albinos has pink eyes and the other albino has brown eyes well as a naturalist and biologist the brown eyed one is not an albino right right it's a leucistic right so that's kind of funny i couldn't help but throw that in there but there was a big controversy so because uh because weird willie died a couple of days beforehand Uh, So during the pandemic, they just basically made a declaration and there was this big controversy. What happened? What happened to Weirton Willie? And uh, and the the newspapers got into it and everything like that. Well, you know, there's always people out there that are concerned about the groundhog. And the right. treatment of the groundhog, and very well they should, you know, because these animals are not here for, for people's, you know, uh, entertainment and everything right. like that. They need to be treated well. And so by all practical means, you know, uh Puck's Tawny Phil has a pretty lavish lifestyle.
1: Oh, of course he and, does. And,
0: you know, and the controversy is not unplaced. I mean, you know, these are animals that need to be taken well care of. And, and, yeah. and they should be treated well because they're not here for the amusement and entertainment of people. So I understand that. But it's when people kind of, I don't know, they don't, they don't, Take it seriously, and they they think it's all a big joke or anything like right. that. So, one big controversy that happened was actually up in New York with the mayor of New York, Bill De Blasio.
1: Oh Lord,
0: yeah. Well, he's <laughs> I would say he's more known for dropping the ball um, than he is for dropping anything else. But in 2014, um, he li- in this case he uh, he lifted up Staten Island Chuck, uh, and he dropped Chuck. That's and, no good. And a few weeks later, Staten Island Chuck succumbed to his injuries and he died. Oh, it's. Just, I mean, so in that situation, Yikes. you know, we're joking a little bit about it, but it's terrible because yeah. that poor groundhog. That, that should have never happened. No. First of all, he's not an animal handler. The animal's not familiar with him or anything like that. He just wanted the photo photo moment. Oh right? yeah. So of you know, just oh, God, it's just so stupid to see something like that. But you know, it can also go the other direction too. All right. So. Who do you think probably objects to the way groundhogs are treated a lot of times? Obviously, the groundhog
1: itself. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think the groundhog is. I mean, if you think about it, he gets pulled out of a dark cage. All of a sudden, he's yeah. he's stuck up straight up in the air. All these flashing lights and he's grabbed and everything. Of course, it's pretty stressful on him. Oh well, yeah. But through a lot of times through um, work and training with the groundhog and stuff, you can lessen that stress. But Peta.
1: Oh, right? right. PETA right, will right. always
0: get involved in stuff like that. And PETA has been after uh, the handlers of Pox Tawny, Phil and other things like that for quite some time. Now, all across the United States, are there probably people that, that abuse the groundhogs? Absolutely. Yeah. But in terms of some of the other ones, the, the situations where they're very well taken care of and thought uh-huh. of and stuff, especially those who are associated with zoos and uh, nature centers and stuff, that have to right. follow AZA guidelines. That, that's not tolerated. And I can understand people getting upset. On the same side, other people can take the other extreme. So, enter PETA, right? Oh, boy. People for the Ethical Treatment of Animals, yep. or like that bumper stickle, pee-pee-eating, tasty tasty animals. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so, they came out, and they basically said, all right, it's time for this tradition to be done. Uh, Pox Tawny Phil needs to be retired. And they wrote a letter to the Groundhog Club, and they basically said, you need to stop it. They said, it's just not right for, for him to be held up in front of all the crowds and the flashing lights. And, and you know what? That That can be true. And also, AZA requires digging mammals like that to be able to have the ability in their enclosures to dig. And apparently, Mm -hmm. Pox Field does not have that ability, Mm -hmm. uh, natural ability. So there needs to be some discussions as to how they're treated and what they need in order to have a a good lifestyle and stuff. But the silly thing is is PETA actually asked for them to retire the groundhog, and guess what they wanted to do instead? Oh, no. An animatronic groundhog that could truly predict the weather. Well, Field feels about sixty-five percent.
1: Is he really correct? He
0: he rocks pretty good, you know, wow. for for a rodent, That ain't bad.
1: No, it's not at but, all. I didn't in fact, realize that.
0: I would almost say we need to probably plot the uh, <laughs> against all the weathermen and, and as well I, and yeah, just see. Yeah. You just know, put
1: him on there every But
0: night. but that's kind of one of the silly things too. I mean, granted, it's it's a huge uh, draw for for uh, Gobbler's Knob and Pennsylvania and all that stuff. But you know, they're talking about a, an AI feel. And, and talking about how they can get other people involved, and it's a fresh and innovative direction and stuff. And they also said that, uh, you know, today's young people are born into a world of terabytes, and to them watching a nocturnal rodent—wrong, they're not nocturnal rodents— uh, being pulled <laughs> from a fake hole isn't worthy of a text message. Ignoring the nation's fast-changing demographics might well prove the end of Groundhog Day. PETA, I got news for you. If we all we do is listen to what the millennials want, we are going downhill quick. So I think it needs to be a combination of both, a little common sense. And realistically, it doesn't need to be anybody's credit or anything like that. We need to take care of the groundhog. We do. Right? They're natural animals. The good thing is, guess what? Groundhogs what? are not rare. They're not endangered. True. But they do they do face issues. And what are the main issues we always talk about?
1: Loss of habitat. Loss of
0: habitat. That's exactly right. And then also, you know, um, you know, climate change is another thing that, that faces them too. Also, you know, with the uh, increase of the number of coyotes around, obviously that's causing yeah. issues and stuff. Of course, feral cats uh, and things like that. So, yeah, they do face their challenges and stuff. But the groundhog seems to be kind of holding his own pretty well. And I think it would be a sad day to be driving down the roads and stuff and look over and see groundhogs standing at, like sentinels on their hill. Looking around and see if there's any predators and whistling and darting back in the hole because they are pretty cool critters.
1: Yeah, they are.
0: We like those pretty good. So you got They're any other cute. questions about these little these little whistle pig, groundhogs,
1: woodchucks?
0: What's another one? Oh, mouse bear, Aaron. Mouse bear, and and of course <laughs> land a beaver. You know all this I, I didn't mention to you though, but uh, uh, groundhogs actually can swim. Really? And they can also climb. So yeah, pretty cool oh. dudes, huh? Pretty cool. All right, so that's going to do it for this uh, this podcast episode, "Walking on the Wild Side yeah. with, with Groundhogs," right? With groundhogs, Mr. So, uh, pigs. So, since we're at the end of, of course, our our podcast, we know what time, what time it time is. is
1: it? It's teaser time. Teaser time, of course. And we've actually got a special guest we joining us for a the next guest, one. And I'm so
0: excited because he's uh, he's driving here to Chester, South Carolina. He's going to sit on the front porch with us and talk about something. Do you have maybe a, a teaser, a hint for folks? I do.
1: Mm. I want to sag your blood. Oh, wow. That's usually that what people think one. about.
0: Mm, wow, that is a good Yeah, people do think of that too. Yeah. Uh, what about Belfries? Oh,
1: yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Belfries
1: okay. is a good one.
0: Belfries is a good. So let, we'll leave it at that, you know, and, uh, and, and see if people can understand kind of what we're talking about. But uh, I'm really excited to have Trevor here. Uh, yeah. We're looking forward to him coming because uh, he brings a wealth of knowledge about this subject. And uh, and just having a guest to chat with us, especially folks that are so passionate about yes. the subject they're involved with and stuff, is just always going, cool. and, and by all practical means, it seems like Trevor is, is pretty uh, passionate and enthusiastic about it. And how could he not? So it's kind of really cool. Yeah. So, you know, when we first moved out here to Chester, we saw a groundhog living in the field beside our roads. We haven't seen one. wild but you know they're out there and and of course you know what the only way you're going to see those groundhogs is if you're outside walking Walking on on the the wild wild side.
1: side